Hi and welcome to another episode of One and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Faith in you, Teal. Oh. <laughs> I'm just keeping an eye on it. <laughs> this yeah. thing of Facebook, but I only touch it once a week, and then it's just to try and get on. Well, his technical ability is much better than his prospecting ability. We've got to give him a bit. <laughs> you had to get that in early, didn't you? <laughs> if, I get, if I do get given the wrong list, and you get given the, the preferential one, mate. Like, <laughs> I, know, mate I go around and tell him. I tell everyone, just listen to Thomas. He's the one who wrote the book. No one knows better than him. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> oh, well. You've had a good day. You created energy and you got Amazing day. Amazing. I, I totally forgot as I left. My skill is no longer being a salesperson, but a leader where yours is still in sales. You're the 400 pound gorilla, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're acting like you're acting like if the shoe wasn't on the other foot, mate, we wouldn't be talking about exactly the same thing. Oh right. no, actually no, no, my text would have been way, way better. The look on your the look on your face, mate, when I got that appointment didn't say leader to me, it said it said defeated. <laughs> it was like where am I gonna hide the body? All right, how are you guys going? Again, first of all, thank you very much, Lou. Yeah. I got no- it. Yeah, you all got it. Everyone got it. So you want to talk about your wine? Oh, look, I didn't, I didn't do too much research into it. I uh, came oh, up. Why, why would you change? Because, oh, why would you change your winning formula? No, it came recommended. It's a um, 2016 Pinot Noir, as you already know. Um, exceptional flowering season in December 2015, which led to a bumper crop, which led to this wine here today. Um, the fellow on the front in the red there that's um a maori navigator by the name of Kupi, i believe who found it found the land so that's about as much and as all i know martin borough new zealand should be a good drop hey, that false humility is very unbecoming Lou. Oh, yeah, i don't know much about it you know I don't, I don't go into as much detail as you can that's you the, know the name of the bloke on the label on the boat he was driving <laughs> Because it's written on the back, mate. It is. Yes. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Yes. Cheers. That's a, a lot more full body than uh, a normal Pinot. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a Shiraz, isn't it? It's real rich. Uh, like a like like more like a Merlot, a bit more like yeah. like a Merlot or a Malbec. That's nice. Yeah. It's got character, hey, as opposed to some of them I taste and I just think, what is this? It's they're a bit bland. Yeah. Yeah. That's got some real kick to it. That's nice. Really nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, enjoy. Good choice, Lou. Pardon? Good choice. Thank you. What is it rate on Vivino? Um, no. Come on. <laughs> I actually I don't even know that I checked, to be honest. I um oh, was- I did. It was like a 3.8. You did. I'm put a Shiraz in a Pinot you label. <laughs> yeah, it's about a 3.8 or something like that. All right. But it's nice. So what's new this week? Well, 
four. Four, Chris, just so you know, proof's in the pudding. Oh, you voted for it three times, sorry. Who watched the debate? Who watched the debate? I didn't watch it. Nah. I didn't watch I didn't it, watch actually. It. I didn't watch it. No, me neither. But apparently, uh, <laughs> an easy one, uh, just. 5%, yeah. But apparently also what I did here, 25%. Oh, no, 25 people in the room still hadn't voted, so... There was only a hundred. There was only twenty-three people in the room. Yeah, thirty-five. And there's only a handful of people in the room to start with. So thirty-five for Albanese, thirty for Scomo, and the rest were still undecided. Yeah. I, I think that I think that my point is, beside the media, it feels like people are disinterested this time. Mm. Oh, yeah. We just had to. We've just been fed so much nationalism for the last two years. Like it's yeah. two years. I think we don't do we don't do elections well, and by that I mean the Americans have got it covered as far as the theater and the drama and the yeah. turning it into a an event. Like our two choices are the most boring humans on, yeah. on this earth. Yeah. So, this is it. Um, but I did see um, Paul he needs to get more credit, man. I was watching I watched five minutes of Paul Murray live on Sky News, and she had. Palmer on, Catter on, um, Campbell Newman on, and Paul Loon on, and they were in a pub doing a panel, and she was going off. Yeah. He was going off. Her, her face was matching the colour of her hair at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing Let's to do with the shout out to all the That's nothing to do with the curtains matching the drapes. It was a face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put the shout out to all the pollies listening that to, listening to this wonderful podcast. If you want to up your voter base. How about you reach out and jump on for a session with us? Yeah. For a 10 minutes or so. <laughs> hey, how's that? That'll change two of the undecideds, mate. Just be nice and easy and go slow. How's that? Uh, yeah, no, I think um, I heard, I, I did hear something this morning. One of the pollies was saying it needs to, the political side of it, obviously, it needs to be there, but it needs to be not made about that. It needs to be more focused based on the um, community, just with everything that's happened. and you know, the last two or three years or however long it's been now, it, it did, did, doesn't appear to be a lot of community-based stuff. There's a lot of... Um, Name calling. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's it. The, the, the real, I think the schoolyard tactics or antics that they usually bring, they just need to leave that out because people are just over it, over it. Like just man up, grow up, leave the damn country and bring something decent to the table, you know? Yeah, I just yep. think they keep running. We get bored because cost of living and taxes is all they anyone they talk about any election. Exactly. And I don't think we really care. Like if bread goes up in price, we've still got to buy it. Mm. Yeah, everyone it. who says they're going to cut taxes usually doesn't. Like we, I think the apathy comes from we know that they're full of shit. Yeah. Once yeah. someone actually starts sticking to what they're telling us, then there might be more interest. But I think. Um, when you're sitting across from someone and you clearly know they're full of shit, it's like when Lou goes on one of her rants on this show, I just tune out and I don't care anymore because you just don't. Yeah. <laughs> you but, just but, don't. But, but Lou, to backtrack, a few weeks ago he was talking like an underprivileged today. He's talking like he's <laughs> <laughs> rich. Well, he he's rich. Cost of living, who cares? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Everybody, I, I do care about cost of living. Yeah, but all I can afford to feed my kids is bread. But if the bread price of bread goes up, <laughs> I'm still yeah. gonna feed them, don't I? What about what about when you see Clive Palmer's ad on TV and he says interest rates will rise to six percent and you will lose your house? 
It's like it's so ridiculous. I mean, and then he goes, yeah. I'll fix it. I'll fix it under three percent for five years. Yeah. Okay. I joined the Palmer Party one year. Cost me twenty bucks. <laughs> it was yeah. when he was going to build the Titanic in um, in Jurassic oh. Park again. I thought this is my kind of guy. That's right. Yeah, that island in Queensland or whatever. He had some ridiculous. I, I actually looked up the other day. Uh, same night, actually, I looked up. I'm like, I wonder how much money he's got because he's been running ads for quite a while now. And I and I heard a while ago that he was in a bit of. He wasn't as rich as everyone thought. We've, there was varying reports, but the lowest number I found online was two point two billion. So he'll be okay. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> he'll, he'll be okay. He'll be Absolutely. One yeah, of them right. said sixteen and a half billion, and the other one said two point two. It's a fair gap, but well, either way, fine. he's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take the bottom figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, you know, what's new, what should be new, is still going. Is the war in Ukraine? I think. I hate. I said it, I've said it many times, but I hate how the news gets bored and they no longer talk about stuff. But Russia retreated and regrouped and now they're smashing the shit out of eastern Ukraine and it's yeah. getting very, still very, very nasty over there and not getting any better. Yeah. Um, hey, there's a few things in it. Uh, also, um, the, in the north, you have Finland now trying to get join NATO. So that's, that's giving him a little bit of headache there too. Mm. Yeah, that's why today, I think it was today or was it yesterday? He's tried, he's now tested the uh, a huge ballistic like, missile that is capable of just destroying a part of England, just like this. I know it's not a funny subject, but I did have to laugh. One article I read said, uh, Zelensky's now filled out the forms required to apply to join NATO. I'm like, is he it's like going for your license or something? Is it we just fill out a form? The way it read was. He's now filled out the paperwork necessary to apply. Yeah. Just waiting for three forms of ID. Yeah, they're waiting for 100 points. Of... <laughs> well, maybe it's not none of your business there, but uh, what, what's big this week is the uh, this morning, um, uh, Australian time, 8 o'clock, there was a debate in France because by the end of this week, there will be an election there. So we either have Macron or the new one, mm. right? Le Pen. So that's a, a big thing, that a big deal there that's happening. Mm. Uh, but another thing that is also a big deal is now, um, what is it? Uh, the uh, the tennis, Wimbledon, has now banned Russian and Belarusian players. Wow, I didn't hear that. And Djokovic butt in and said, that's wrong. <laughs> he can't win, that's like he's just... That'd be more than half the field. Jesus, a lot of people from that part of the world. I know, hey, yeah. Especially, oh, man, I was about to say especially the women, but the men, all of them too. Well, just back to France, T.L., because I know nothing about it. What are the, what's the battle there? What's the politics on either side of that? Well, one, one is obviously more centred, so Macron, but he's been very arrogant for, I mean, he's a young president. I think he's 45. Mm. And uh, so he, he won his first time when he was just 39. You imagine this, I mean, just crazy, right? Wow. He, uh, but he's, he's much more eloquent now and, and, and he knows how to play the game where the other one, she's 53, I think, uh, Marine Le Pen, and she is far right. It's like, when if, if I get in, uh, anything that's got uh, jihad or anything at all uh, removed, you it's illegal to wear them. Uh, it's going to be things like uh, really far right style. So it's it's crazy how Europe now is being there's there's an enormous push 
going back that way, you know? <laughs> so what, that's what I was going to say. What's the sentiment in France? Because I have a lot of problems. Well, the, sen with, the sentiment problems is... with terrorism and the, and the yeah. stuff associated. I, I, I reckon the way I, I look at it, the sentiment is that a lot of people are fed up with having a lot of foreigners and people who come to the country and try to impose their ways rather than embrace the new way. Yeah. And so I would say that that's the real sentiment. But people are not going to really go there with their vote, I think, because there's going to be a civil war. Mm. Well, that's the sentiment amongst every right-leaning party. That's One Nation and, and Palmy United. And anytime there's some sort of racial debate, even in Australia, it's always about, hang on, you, you come here, you adopt our way of life rather than a lot of the time it's it feels like we're getting forced to adopt other people's cultures or, or why are we compromising our way, our way of living to, to yeah. fit them in you know and that's the the sort of the never-ending debate but i guess once you go far far right you're taking it to the nth degree and um it was well, interesting we, actually being in sutherland yesterday chris it's um you know i've never been to that part of the world before and it's going to be a very general comment but you look at the names on the, the call list we were doing and you understand the Cronulla Rights Rock because it's a very Anglo-Saxon area, isn't it? And very Anglo area. And yeah, and you guys you found to it drive too. through Bankstown to get there and these places you had to drive through all these other areas to get there. And then we got there and, and everyone was last name was Smith. It yeah. Was, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. And you start to wonder because obviously apart from a crap football team, that area associates to me in my head, you, you say Cronulla, I'll say right sort of thing. That's, that's one of the... Yeah. But you understand the mentality down there a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good place to prospect, though. Everyone speaks English when, you pick, when you're calling people. So well, that's they're, all, they're all Aussie. They're all Aussie. And that's the other thing. A majority, 99% of the people you speak to are nice to you on the phone. Oh, and I've, I've said to them, so many people have gone, good luck with your new venture. I hope it's successful. I'm in the area, I'll pop in and blah, blah, blah. So, you well, know, they can be, they can be nice. Like, None of them have to work, mate. They're all home during the day. What do they do? <laughs> there oh, are a lot, but a lot of them work from home. So this, but I mean, COVID, COVID's allowed that change for a lot of the yeah. nation. And, and fortunately, mm. in that area, you have a lot of that lower white class worker where you know, the office work and so forth. Um, and they're at home. It's, uh, you know, either the mum or, or both, you know, mum and dad are home. It's still, the most polite suburb I've ever called, even when they were yeah, yeah, yeah. and they weren't interested. They'd say, good luck, uh, hang up. <laughs> it's a funny thing because it's so buzz, so buzzing. It, it, it's so as busy as Cabramada or Bankstown, and yet it's just so, so calm too, you know, at the same time. Man, I, I love your office. I, I reckon um, we, I mean, mind you, we were, uh, what is it? Seven of us in the room that was, uh, <laughs> man, yeah, 45 square that meters. was noisy at some stage. That was really oh, noisy. Yes. It's like my there office. Seven, there's seven chairs in my office and there were seven guys prospecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, serious, there's only seven chairs in the whole office and there were seven bums. That One of them was too big for any seat that he found, but there were seven bums for the seven seats. So... Did you notice, and probably no one cares, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Did you notice how, because it was so loud, when there was a, a rare 30 seconds where no one spoke, how awkward it was? It was. There was some really <laughs> awkward <laughs> silences. We all started looking around. <laughs> yeah. no, that's right, let's, let's talk about the topic for the week. Mm. Lou, what is the topic for the week? 
Topic of the week, we're going to talk about Anzac Day and everything about Anzac Day. I think there's a lot to yep. talk about. There's some, there's some good stories that we probably know. There's some facts that we're probably unaware of. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, a great topic. And, well, what is it? Monday, Anzac Day is on Monday, four days away. So why not? Yeah. All right, then let's start with you. What do you see? What's Anzac Day for you? Oh, look, Anzac Day represents, I suppose, the... The, the spirit that we talk about and, and you know when I did the research um, you know looking at uh, how it all unfolded like you know for them to, to, to land on the wrong beach in the first place you know eight and a half thousand Aussies died and you know 2,700 something New Zealanders died and you know I think that the I think the spirit that represents was the fact that they landed on the wrong beach to begin with, they're supposed to land on a nice flat level beach, but they landed on the hills and, and but they didn't just stop there and go, shit, we're, we're out and turn around. They persevered and they fought on. And, and I think in the end, it went for eight months or eight months and 10 days or something like that. But the spirit, but, you know, some of the stories that I unveiled about it and I see now what it means when we, we talk about it often in our seminars and stuff like that. And you've always got some kind of sense of what the spirit means, but when I was reading about the um, uh, the private John Kirkpatrick, who was a medic, you know, for the Anzacs, um, the Australian medic, and he spent days and nights out on the field with his donkey, and he rescued the injured soldiers, and he alone saved 300 wounded soldiers. And I think when we talk about the spirit, that's what it encaptures, is people like him who put his life on the line for his mates who were down and out and, you know, hurt, his life meant nothing at that time because it was all about saving his mates and 300 of them at that, which is incredible. Yeah. So there's obviously lots more, but I don't know what else did you guys, you know, what's your thoughts or what did you guys get out of the research and looking, reflecting back? Good chat. <laughs> well, I okay. think, uh, well, there was no research done for me because the stories of Anzac Day have been told for, many, many years, and it's one of the most important days of the year to me, and I had to sit back and think about why, and it used to be about, and my, both my pops served in World War II. Um, um, I, growing up, I was a, very, very interested in war history and, and everything around the army. All I wanted to do was join the army, so I know quite a bit about the actual ins and outs of it, but Anzac Day, is supposed to be about sacrifice. It's supposed to be about resilience. It's supposed to be about overcoming adversity. It's supposed to be about um, doing things, jumping in front of a bullet for complete strangers. I mean, we say doing stuff for your mates. These people weren't mates when they went over. They were conscripts or people who just joined the war to fight for a cause, right? Um, and then, you know, when we chose this topic, I had to think about what it means to me now. And unfortunately, not like me to be negative, it, it's sort of a story of what I feel we've lost as a society and lost as a community. And, and I don't, the, the sacrifice for others isn't there anymore. I, I think in a lot of ways, the resilience isn't there anymore. The, the willing to do something for others without expecting something in return or even at the risk of your own detriment isn't um, there anymore. And I think it's an opportunity each year to look back at you know, what our values should be compared to where they currently are. I think when the first COVID broke, um, 
when the first COVID lockdown happened and everyone started fighting over toilet paper. Yeah. I, I, I did a talk on at a war memorial on Facebook Live saying, you know, these guys gave their lives so you could fight over toilet paper. They'd be turning in their graves. And I'm, I don't think we know as a nation anymore what the Anzac spirit means. It's great to get together on Monday and get pissed and throw coins in the air, but it used to mean something. And now I don't think to most yeah. people, I don't, yeah. You can yeah. count the people you know with true Anzac spirit on, on one hand, I think, if you look around your, yeah. your actual circle. So, sorry yeah. to be a downer, but that's where I'll just... Oh, mate, it's all going to get into that. I think that's spot on. I think that's spot on. You know, Australia, I think, found its identity, its individuality through, you know, World War One, and not having to live under the shadow of, you know, Britain or England at the time. And and we were able to be a nation after the, off, the, off the backs of these men who fought and not only in Gallipoli, but through World War One, Australia really identified itself as a, a, a nation. And that mateship you're talking about is right. You know, they, they put their life on the line for complete strangers. And that continued when they come back, that let's go help them make, you know, on the farm or help him build the house or whatever. Not for their handout, but just for no other reason than to go help their mate without expecting anything. And it was like, what I experienced yesterday with you guys coming down to give me a hand. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was fantastic, but yeah, there's not a lot of that that exists anymore. Yeah. It's, and it, and it's unfortunately that when it, when it is done, people do have an agenda and that's, and uh, it's society in general. I mean, there's a lot of stories we can talk about that like the media has done the wrong thing by returned servicemen throughout different wars and coming back and, creating the wrong image from these guys. But, you know, what have we learned as a society from them to, but to really be selfish? And that's the yeah. unfortunate thing. I think we truly have lost that mateship, lost that, um, the good humour, you know, the, the ability to have a, a laugh at each other and not take it serious and slap each other on the back and go, oh, you're a dickhead. And, and, and still be mates at the end of it, walk away and have a good time. I think a lot of people have lost that ability just to laugh at themselves mm, yeah. and, and not take themselves so serious and if when they do it's for someone else yeah. i think it's it's too easy i mean you talk about yesterday chris but in the grand scheme of things yesterday was nothing mate like we've no it's not it's not it's not nothing it's a small it's a small gesture that mean the world to me yeah no i know and i know about... that and you know what i come to your place a few years ago and spoke about auctioning i loved it i love the day i come up there but it, you guys took heaps out of it right but that's what that's what mates do for each other. We do stuff with no with no agenda other than. No, that's to help what I mean. Mate. That's what I mean for mates. But what what we done, what we've lost is the ability to do it for complete strangers and the that's ability right. to that and and the ability to do it where it might be actually detrimental to yourself. You know, there's always look. There's still the story of the guy that will swim over and punch a shark, or the the guy who you know. There's stories of people getting on jet skis during the floods and and yeah. this and that there are still those people but it used to be everyone right and now it's it's such a minority and that, what yeah. i meant by yesterday being nothing to, to help a mate is nothing to help someone when there's very little risk to yourself is is nothing but we it's find easy. and yeah. it was yeah. actually one of the things we spoke about when covid first happened we we soon found out how much everyone's in it for themselves now 
And yeah. I just don't think that's the, the well, foundations, the community, the, the country was built on. That's not, that's yeah. not the, there's it's, no it's, pride now. No one stands up. I hate the national anthem because I think we could have done much better. I could write a better song, but you go to a sporting event now and it used to be one of the things you get full of beers and everyone would sing the national anthem together. It started with no one even sings it now. No one even, there's no there's yeah. the spirit, mate. It, Anzac spirit is Aussie spirit and we've lost it. When you look back to and and how many blokes lied about their age to go to 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 help you know and and fight for their country like you think about the the, the kids these days and I'm not going to say that all of them are the same but there's a lot of kids that wouldn't lie about their age to go somewhere to put their life on the line for people they didn't know because if they did they'd be saying what do I get in return you know so I think that what something something was lost something's been lost in that time as you guys are saying you know there's just not that same commitment or or uh, um, what's the passion or, or whatever the word is to to I think I to that point Lou I think a lot of that was and if you listen to the stories and, and watch the documentaries and all the stuff a lot of kids jumped in because war was an unknown thing then and it was exciting and they didn't know what they were getting themselves into I don't I don't think that a lot of the 17-year-olds or 16-year-olds who lied about their age are actually doing it to save the world. They they thought it was going to be fun, right? And, or a better uh, life, yeah. A quick, a quick landing on Gallipoli. Yeah. Soon feel that. And now that's switched from the army to we're going to jump in. Now that war's become so real because we've been in wars for a long time now, Afghanistan was 20 years or whatever, Iraq was 10, it's no longer... Um, a myth Mystery. anymore and, and, and the curiosity is not there but now it's gangs and kids stabbing each other and shooting yeah. each other and doing that sort of thing because that's the unknown until they they kill somebody so um i don't think that spirit's actually left the kids because i love but now they're, they're more into stabbing each other on ferris wheels than they are um lying about their age to join the army yeah true um, and you'll get more you get you, you can tell it's funny how um, it's it's not really Anzac, but I, I look at all these foreigners that jump on board to go and fight in Ukraine or Russia, and all I can think in my head is these guys just love shooting. Like they're not they're not going over there to actually defend the U, Ukraine. I think I go, you guys have just got that bug in you that that thinks it'll be a good time until you get over there. You know, but anyway, mm. that's a little bit off topic. Mm. Thomas, you haven't said a word. Oh, because I, I haven't been brought up around you guys, but I have to say um, it's taken me a long time to really embrace this uh, tradition or even understand it. But I have to say that uh, <clears throat> I've, from doing my research, I would say, Cam, you're very, very close to the spirit of um, Anzac. And I'm not saying this to uh, put you up in on a pedestal, because I know that you've taken your team down to the uh, Wisebury Jewel office when when you had to make money and, and, and in the year when you, ba you barely broke even. And so <clears throat> I also know that it was your idea to go down to Chris. Uh, you called me about uh, 10 days ago and do that. And so yesterday it was not really nothing because my, we, we, ha we are not the, the best in Kiranivel and, and we still had to close down the office to, to, all, to all go down. And then you also took your office in um, in Carrion to go down. So I, I think that that was a sacrifice. So I don't think it's nothing. 
the, the reason why I also say is uh, that you know the epitome of it. A lot of the Anzac boys went because of the adventure, and also it was an opportunity to leave Australia. And and they have an enormous amount of banter among them. When you have a look, they went over there. They had four months of training. The bantering is like it was like just taking civilians and trying to turn them into soldiers. It was police academy in the, in 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 the Anzac, you know. And yesterday, when we looked, when we did the phone prospecting in the afternoon, that was the the bantering. I thought, man, what a what a camaraderie ship, you know, in in terms of. The boys were having fun. We we were we were trying to lead them from the front by having more fun than them and being more silly than them. And, and I think that you're the king of silly, Cam. Uh, anyone who's been watching even half an episode of the podcast would have known. So I, I think that the the spirit of the Anzac, I have not seen it, and I come from Europe. I haven't seen it over there. It, it that, that doesn't exist. And when you're talking about the uh, they were defending people they didn't know. I think that Australians uh, will welcome strangers very quickly because of that. And the, the sense of adventure, they, they were around, a lot of people were around people they knew. I, I know that the youngest person who, uh, Reginald Garth, he was 12. He went, he actually was a stowaway, he was 12. Wow. He, he, he went to Gallipoli because his father enlisted and his three brothers. So a lot of those guys were around their mates, around their brothers, around, sure, when they wanted to come back, there was none of that because uh, it was so hard for them to come back afterwards that really the, the RSL was created to, to, to actually help repatriate those guys because the government wouldn't do it. So I think that yesterday going over there and doing the prospecting, the seven of us, including Chris, to, to help him out there and to create 11 listing appointments was not, not really the, the thing that I was looking at. But to have that bantering spirit where we were all laughing, where making a phone prospecting call was not even a problem. I have to tell you, I was, shake, I was a bit shaky on the first one because that's <laughs> when I realized, Thomas, you're a little bit rusty. Right? And, but then by the second one, I was fine. And third one, I started to be in, 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 on, on the numbers. And then something really bad happened into me, the competitive nature about I have to find one, got into me and now I'm going through the numbers, doing all that stuff. And so when I didn't find one, but Cam beat me at the end, I was not happy because I don't participate. I, I joined to win. Good <laughs> <laughs> news is tomorrow, tomorrow my office, it's on again. Uh, they can, you can <laughs> No, but but the, the, the biggest thing, and I called I called Chris afterwards and I said, you know, what did you get today? And he said, Oh man, I have I I learned I have to build a team. But when I called the, the team in the car, it, it was Kane who said, No, Thomas, I, I could feel the spirit of Anzac you were talking about in the morning because I spoke to them in the morning to prep them up. And I said, I don't care, there's no chairs because there won't be too many chairs. If there's no chairs, we sit down on the ground and we don't whinge and we make our call. And, but then that was a spirit. And when Kane brought that up, I felt it, man. It was sitting in, we were in the room, uh, Lou, that was about uh, four and a half to five meters by four and a half, right? So you imagine this, there's seven guys. That, yeah. And Stephen is a guy that screamed the most. It's like, it's, it's, 
the, the sound's got the time to go back and forth like six, seven times by the time it's, it's died, you know? And yeah. yet, and yet it, it felt like we were in the trenches. So don't say it, it was nothing. It, we felt like we were in the trenches. And now I know when, when that whistle happens in, in the trenches in Gallipoli, why the boys would just go because they went, hold on, if I just go first, I can actually try and go over there or it, I, I would be so ashamed if I if my mate got a bullet before me, almost. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I said resilience and all that stuff, sort of stuff, but one of the other values of Anzac is to compete. Yeah. It's to compete. And that's that's what happened yesterday, and that's what should happen in everyday life. Yeah, but you cheated with the you got the right list. I didn't get the right list. Okay, not so about having to win. It, it's it's not about it's not about having to win, but it's about competing in a challenge. And life is a challenge, right? And too many people won't compete, and we'll invent too many rules or too many ways to stop it being a competition. And that's wrong. That's wrong. That's not the spirit. Mates can compete and still be mates. Colleagues yeah. can compete and still be colleagues. You know, one of the things I love about our heritage office is the competition there is, is off the charts, heritage and charm haven. But that competition lifts. Maybe it steps over the line. Sometimes maybe it doesn't. A lot of the time, the, the banter's off the wall. You talk about banter, Thomas, Jesus Christ. we got nothing on them, but the competition, we don't compete enough in life anymore. Yeah. We don't. Instead of competing, we come up with a reason why we don't have to. And unfortunately, sometimes even as leaders, we make the rules such or we make it easier for people to not have to compete. And that's not it. That's not what we're about. That's yeah. not. Um, it's not just Gallipoli, right? Anzac is way beyond Gallipoli. We might have lost 8,000 at Gallipoli, but the, the following year, I think we lost more than 20 thousand people 25 or to, you know 60, i mean 65 in well that'll the song it's everywhere right it's, it's, it's i think it, gallipoli is a poster child because it's the first time australian and new zealand forces had fought together right that's where it, it was born but it, it, know, is a spirit it's yeah. not an event it's a spirit yeah. but you know the numbers that really shocked me was that we had to really go back. We we about what is it now? Twenty one million people in Australia, almost twenty two. Back in back in those days, we were five five million. Four thousand nine hundred. So to have almost uh, half a million going to war in a country where there's five million, I mean, it's just mind blowing. And then the the biggest thing that really got to me was, imagine all the mothers that stayed back. I know that there was a few women who en enlisted. But imagine the mother who's lost now four sons and the father who's gone. And this, that to me was really also the spirit of Anzac. Mm. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Now, while we've been talking, I've been trying to think, what, why have we lost it? Why have we lost our way a little bit? And I think it's got it comes down to maybe something similar to when we're speaking about why marriage fails. We, we, we talk about how the different values change. I think everyone's values were very much in line at the beginning of the century uh, when we've returned from war. Um, and they were all, all very much in line all the way through to, you know, World War One, World War Two, and even maybe up towards Vietnam. And, and that was, whether it's a, a virtue or a value, you know, whatever you want to call it. I think as we've gotten older as a country and our population has grown and society has evolved, I think those values are so 
misaligned now compared to where they were that many years ago. I think that's maybe one of the big reasons why we've maybe lost our way with that Anzac spirit. Uh, I think we, we lost it too because we're not reminding people. Do you know yeah. one of the things that I love the most when I go to the RSL is at six o'clock? Is that is that pre-dawn thing too, you know, which is happening on, on Monday, but we, we're not doing that. Instead of getting the Australian anthem, maybe the, the, the classroom before we start should have that one minute. Mm, and, think... and replay and replay that lest we forget and, and get them to watch that flame. I mean, these days, even the flame is a freaking picture on the screen. I can't believe it. Yeah. You get the turn... real flame going, right? And have that one minute. Mate, I'm telling you, I, I, I've attended the... the uh, those one minute a few times, it actually, it stirs you every single time deeper and deeper. It doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter how many beers deep you are in RSL or 11 o'clock every day and six o'clock every evening when you have to, you stand and face the West, yeah. you remember. And you, there's always, a, for me, there's always a gut check moment. There's always 30 seconds of what am I doing with my life, you know? And it's, but I'm sure matter. you guys, you guys have probably been to a few dawn services over your time and I've maybe been to one or two. And I think during COVID, you remember the um, the young kid, because we weren't able to attend the dawn services, the young kid that played the last post on his driveway and the um, momentum it created on social media. To me, that was so amazing. That that felt different and that felt like a, a, a coming together and an actual realisation of understanding that, you know, and like you said, Cam, like a gut moment, what it really meant. But prior to that, I think growing up, people my age, what I witnessed with guys my age particularly, and it's terrible, but they used Anzac Day. It was almost like a, an excuse to get drunk with your mates and get, you know, drink rum at six o'clock in the morning and all that. It, it, it was not even about a celebration or, you know, a remembrance of the people who have served and lost and still serving or anything. It was just... It, it, it felt so wrong for so, for so long to well, me. That that kid during COVID playing that last post on his driveway, that was really, really tough, especially because none of us could leave home and we were just stuck in our homes and it was just so amazing. And I think that the, the tale is going to be in the, what happens next Monday when this is our first... We're not in lockdown this year. That's right. And I'm sorry to play devil's advocate and sceptic, but... All that driveway stuff during lockdown, it was an excuse for people to walk out their front door. Right? It was easy to make Anzac Day a big thing, but the big thing was let's all stand in our driveway. It wasn't, I don't know how much actual reflection was going on because we're just looking for something to cling on to during these times. You know? Um, that's only for the dawn service, but that, that's not the major concern for me. It's like, no, 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 I just mean, mean but that's. An event for the like, sake of an event, not not. It's because... like we have Mother's Day coming up, and then people are asking me. I mean, in my family, obviously, you know, what are we doing for Mother's Day? I said, it, listen, it's Mother's Day every day, every day, right? So it's Anzac spirit every single day. I mean, when was the last time you found out? I mean, and Cam, you've done it for the, the Jewel office. You now help uh, Chris with uh, Southern, and I know you've done with other offices. How many really? How many leaders really have done that? How many leaders would sit down and say, yeah, it's fine for you to come and help me. But when it was their turn, did they put their hand up? How many leaders read? And you don't have to put anyone in, Chris. How many of our leaders, our own leaders at Wisebury, made a phone call, made the time to call you and find out, mate, are you okay? Do you need any help? All right. 
because we'll, we will come down. I, I think that that's the spirit of Anzac. If it, it has to be on the 25th of April each year, then mm -hmm. stop this. It's a wrong reason for, for celebrating something like this. Mm. That is why what, what Cam said at the beginning, uh, I can't believe that I'm, I'm agreeing with Cam in the podcast, what, what, he, what he said at the beginning that it's lost. It, it's not lost, Cam. There's still special individuals who will still have that. But in general, it's been diluted. And maybe we've got too many foreigners, and me included. Mate. It's taken me years to really understand. However, I've got a lot of family stuff. I've, I've got a lot of... And, 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 and coming over here without my parents here, without my family, the mates that I have here, the friends I have here, they become family. They really, I, I think that this is the, the, the next question I'm asking you. What is mateship? Because I, I don't know, is mateship better than friendship? Or is it better than brotherhood? It's a different topic, isn't it? What did you switch the topic on us? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to ask that and then we can come back. I think yeah. we said this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, friend, I think friend, mate, brother. Yeah. I have my I have my hierarchy. I can't remember exactly. I think you went friend, but... mate, brother. I think that's how you described it, Cam. Friend, mate, friend, brother. Mate, brother. Uh, and then, yeah. um, you know, family. If I say family, and if I say, you know, come here, my familiar is something I say to people. If I say that, I mean that, and I don't throw that around. Mates a hard one because because we're Aussie, and especially because I'm a, because I'm an Ocker Aussie. Even when I want to punch someone in the face. I go, come on, mate. Like, it's, uh, it's, uh, even when I want to run someone over with a truck, there's probably a mate thrown in there somewhere. But that's why, um, <laughs> mate, if you don't stop. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to be a mate again. <laughs> I, do. I, I met, so I caught it. Someone came around a couple of weeks ago I hadn't seen for a long, long time. And the last time we spoke wasn't on very good terms. And I had to, as he was walking up the driveway, to talk to myself going, don't say mate, don't say mate, don't say mate. Like it was, I was talking myself out of saying mate. But I, for me, brother is the, or, and that's even, like you can ask many of my female friends, I'll call them brother too. But that's, that's because I think sister doesn't sound as powerful, but... Um, brother is a be all and end all, and that doesn't have to be blood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, so here's here's another thing about uh, Chris. Why has it gone? Have we got too many foreigners, and are we not teaching the foreigners how to really embrace the Australian culture? I'm glad the foreigner went there because I was I was wondering whether we could ask the question on the podcast. Listen, uh, you're talking to the uh, the uh, deputy for the One Nation Party. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You know what, my, my Tom, old man came out when Tom he was... Smith. <laughs> when it was when it was numb, so yeah, sorry, Chris, you go. My my old man came out when he was 19. Um, and so he came out in the early 60s, I think it was 62. Uh, workers of government scheme, you know, that's why they got the word wog and so forth. And he helped build part of Australia. But anyway, there was always, always respect for your neighbor and we had australians each side and but there was always a little, that love for your neighbor and it didn't matter if they were an aussie or an italian or greek or whatever they were there was always that that respect and that mateship that we talk about that we used to have and yeah. it didn't matter what nation you came from 
Mm. But I think, I think as we've as we've grown it as a nation, I said it before, and introduced further cultures, they've unfortunately entrenched themselves in a certain pockets and kept and not melded into our culture. Mm. And we mentioned it before about France. I think you've mentioned before why isn't people standing up every morning and I don't know, you know, listening to the national anthem or pledging allegiance to the flag like they do in America or whatever it is. I think we'll have such a bloody kick up because there's so much of a kick up now. They, well, well, why are we celebrating, you know, Christmas? We don't believe in Christmas. You know, why are we doing this? Because that's not our culture. I think, yeah. I just don't think, I think no, we're, what do they call it, a nanny snake? What we're, we're doing not, is, hang we're, on, not what? Taught. we're not taught either. We, I, I no, see but hang on, hang on. We're not allowed to though, I don't think. Hang on. So <laughs> to, to take it down the same path, but different, I think, we're mixing culture with religions. Yeah, but hang uh, on. Italians, Chris, Italians, Chris, predominantly Christian. Yes. And, and the most, Greeks were Orthodox, and which and most of the country, name. most of the nationalities that you mentioned, Chris, uh, Italians, Greeks, and True. we're a Christian-based country it's based true. on Christian oh, values. And as long as you came from a Christian-based country, you had similar values. All right. True. But, but what then, about what about guys? Think hang about on, hang on, I've got to finish my point here. The cultures that have eroded our Christian values have a different religion, and that's as as that's fact. That's fact. That is fact. That is fact. But also, when you take it back even further, like particularly Chris and Cam and myself, think back to when you were younger, before social media. What would happen in the backyard and where would you find out all your information and you'd stand out there and you'd see your parents talking over the fence for hours on end to your next door neighbour? What has social media done to change the whole end? It's isolated everyone. It's isolated, it's isolated. And it's And it's made people, it's given them power to sit behind their screen and, you know, isolate themselves but also throw their two bobs in. But, you know, what about those days? I could walk out my grandparents' door and my nan would sit there and talk over the fence for three hours. They don't do that anymore. Fences are seven foot tall and you don't even know your neighbour and you've lived there seven years. You know, that's the spirit that's lost. Knowing your neighbour and caring about your neighbour and knowing everybody in your street. I've had people saying, you guys would be the same. You're all in the same industry. You'd have, I've had, I've gone to a property and they said, oh, we've lived here for 10 years. We don't even know the people next door. What the hell's that? You know, whereas when My I neighbors work for a different real estate company, so they might as well be wearing a Nazi Germany. But when I grew up, it, it was so different. And I'm sure you guys were the same. When you grew up, you hung out with everyone in the street. You knew everyone in the street, and if not the whole block. And, you know, like that's what's missing as well. Everybody. Are, are we, are we wrong I, to. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not forgiving. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here trying to, to look for an excuse for the foreigners, but. Sometimes it's also language. Yeah. When I first came to this country and I saw free range eggs, I thought, Jesus, he's such a nice guy, Mr. Range. He's giving free <laughs> eggs away, you know? And, and so I, I used to pick them up, but then my mentality from Europe kicked in. It's like, the people are stupid here. They're leaving all of these eggs. I'm taking all the boxes. Oh so God. I... I'm leaving, and, and after a little while, I, I kid you not, after a few weeks, I'm thinking, this Mr. Range, he's so rich, he's got so many properties, and he's got eggs everywhere. And I, 
So I think that the language is so is also something that is maybe a, a bit of a barrier that I think without language you can't you can't transmit traditions. Yeah, but Pauline Hanson would just be saying learn English, right? So out of the not English, I knew what X was and I knew what free was. So you brought up the you brought up the population before. So at World War One, we were four point nine million people, and how many of them would have been foreigners? What percentage? Yeah, very low, mate. Would have been right. And now we're yes, we're twenty five million people, but what percentage? Of, we're, we're, we brag about being the most multicultural society on. It'd have to be forty percent. Huge, huge percentage. So, of course, the culture, the virtues are going to erode it. Now, I mentioned religion before. I'm not religious now. I was raised a Catholic, but there is something in common with the people who don't espouse the Anzac values as such, and we're not allowed. The people who have fought the Anzac spirit in Australia and, and allow Australia to be Australia yeah. have a different set of core values, and that's based around their faith. Right? That's It can't be argued with. Um, the values have changed, yeah. And, and that is... And, you know, and I mentioned the Cronulla rights before, as wrong as it all was, that was based around people being fed up with not allowed to have their values, but visitors, not visitors to the country, new people to the country being allowed to live this. Well, I can, like, people can come here and live their life as if they'd never left home. We're going to Australia for a better life as long as we can do exactly what we were doing here. That's fine. Australian, that's, Australians that's get fine. fed up. And I know we're all Australians, right? So they're all... No, but very that, bad that's, that's the great thing about Australia, Cam, is that we allow people to do that, allow to come here from your country and live your life as you see fit. The yeah. problem we have is when they start trying to enforce it on everyone else and change our way of life to fit theirs. Yeah. That's where we have that issue. That's where the big issues come up. And in schools, of then becoming an Anzac spirit, it becomes hate, right? So, and it becomes racism and it becomes all of all the stuff that's attached to it. Again, in the defense, in the defense, again, as a de deputy for the National uh, Party, <clears throat> I, I just want to make the point. When I first arrived in this country in 1988, every single door was open. You go to a door, people would go on holiday for two weeks, and the front door was not locked. It's like, that's not is, that a culture, is that a culture issue or a safety issue? Because Lou said the same thing. Your kids used to play in the street. Like, there's reasons I don't let my kids play in the street anymore. You're going to have to let me kids. finish. The way that you ask for Lou not to interrupt, you're going to have to let me finish. So, so when I arrive, it's all open, right? So in, in my own head, it's, it's not right. And then probably foreigners arrived, you know, and we started to rob them. And people start to lock doors. When I first arrived in this country, the Aussie spirit is, mate, how are you going? Always there to help you to just start flying, right? You don't, why don't you see it now? Because the people who start flying, do they return it like a boomerang? Mm. Or, or, or does the, the, the real Aussie feel like, hold on, I was there to help you fly and mate, as a mate, you should help me fly too when you're flying. But, but it's a one-way street. So I think that in many, many ways, the, the for foreigners with their ways of living, we, and, 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 and for a lot of foreigners coming over here and they go, hold on, you can take all these things and you don't have to return? Fantastic. You know? I, and I, I'm ashamed to say it, right? I've I seen even the, the Belgian way of being. It's whatever you can get for free, mate, just get it. Oh. It, it's it's a and I don't even get it because 
I, I've got Vietnamese blood in me, and, and I'm going, no, you don't do this. It's, it's, it's about giving back. Mm. But there's enormous amount of, from the European way of, let's take it, as, as long as we can take it free, grab it. And I think that that has killed a lot of that spirit. Yeah. You think, and it, to get crazy tinfoil hat stuff, do you think the, the world, the universe, God, whoever you believe in, keeps giving us opportunities to get that spirit back and we just keep pissing all over it? Like we have bushfires where we could band together and help each other and we end up fighting over where the charity money goes. We've had the, the floods and all we're doing is trying to crucify the government over it. We've had COVID where we thought we could band together and then we fight over toilet paper. We keep getting all these opportunities to go back to our core values as human beings, which as help each other, let's help each other evolve. And we keep fucking it up. Like what, what's, I don't know if we can't get it back. I don't, I think we're too far gone. I yeah, don't think it back. It's a hard call. I think it'd have to be a, something major. I don't think it, you know, I don't it know if another major knew, than what we're going common, through. Victor like or I coming down to Sydney. Like right? a common enemy. I don't know. Like a, no, but a, by a, then it's too late. We're all fucked, right? You've got to look the at, meteorites at, coming, we're gone. If Vladimir uh, hits a button, we're gone. It's all too we're all waiting for oh when it gets really bad, we come together. How much fucking worse has the world got to get? Uh, we'll, we'll go to we'll go to garage and hide inside your garage. Your kids can't play in the front yard. You you can't Mates aren't helping mates. People aren't talking to neighbours. How much worse has the world got to get before we wake up? I don't. I think we're too far gone. We're gone. No, I don't, no, I, I'm not that defeatist. I, I think that it, it is going to be. It's taken. It, it needs to take uh, people to bring back that kind of tradition. Yeah. It, you it know what? People to 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 wake up on Monday at five o'clock and say, "No, kids, you come in with me because we're gonna see people." Who stopped us from speaking Japanese or German? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to have to have that for people to get that. It's going to have to people from getting out from what I call the ghetto, right? I'm Vietnamese background and I go over there just to have a nice suit. But otherwise, I, I keep on saying to them, no, just mix. Embrace what you have. Don't go over there and then try to conglomerate and, re, and reinvent another Vietnam. You know, yeah. it, I think that's what it takes. It takes people to co constantly chip at it. How's that going to happen, mate? Who's going to instigate that? We're relying on individuals again. We have to. We can't do it as a whole. I think everyone has to do it as, the, as an individual. You do it, mate. A part the of the experiment we've lost is that everyone is more in it for themselves now than ever before, and it, that's individual. It, unfortunately, it's like any anything in the world. I mean, I think Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And mate, I think you, you're, and Thomas is right. You, you demonstrate that yourself in the, and you, and you, you have this belief that it's dead in the world, but I think you're trying to keep it alive, which is a fantastic thing. And I think a lot of people have got to keep doing it, whether it's not as far as you do in little bits, helping mm. a neighbor out, helping someone stranded on the side of the road, whatever it may be, mate. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, he actually kept it alive until he put me down because he got the, uh, an appointment when I asked him to be in the right list. Okay, Mate, so I'm the type of guy who I'd, I'd be in the trench with you, but if you got shot, I'd be going, ha, ah, I didn't. <laughs> no, because he's in the tunnel. That's exactly yes, what I did. I would have buried you and would have kept you there until you get one. Ah, I think you know something now, do you? Oh, yeah. 
I'll tell me about the three. I think another, another thing that I thought about the Anzac spirit is it's about the, having the Anzac spirit for me is about doing the right thing. Now, and, and to me, yes, at first there was a lot of people who went over there because it was a sense of adventure. It, it was an opportunity to leave Australia and see something different. And, and how, how can you travel when you're a 14 year old and, and have no money and be able to go there? But as the, the, the momentum turned and then and, and Australia started to find out that, hold on, it's, we, we are actually losing family and, and we're not making any advance. Yeah. The, the entire thing started to shift and it shifted into, hold on, it's the right thing to do now. We, we, whether, if we're losing, we can't have that happening here. We're going to have to go. And, and, and I see a lot of that in, in, in the Anzac spirit. It doesn't matter if you're, you're closing your show for a day and you're losing money because you're closing your show. It's the right thing to do. And, and, and that is something that people need to really share. Uh, we, we're talking about the same thing again, but we, we, we're talking about that sharing stuff. And the right thing to do comes at the cost to you. When I see now the right thing to do, if it doesn't cost me anything, that's not the right thing to do. Yeah, that's a bit. We're all no, but that's the that's the thing I brought up earlier. It's easy to help someone until it's actually going to potentially be to your own detriment, and that's where we fall down. That's where virtue signaling and all that stuff comes down. That's where all the people on social media, Lou, to your point, will brag about who they've helped or what they're doing to virtue signal until it's going to cost them. Yeah. Until there's a potential, and that's why someone pulling someone out of a flooded car oh heroes they should get medals right i'm not bagging that but that should be the natural reaction That's right. that is, but but that because it's someone doing something to their own detriment all of a sudden it's a big we all should be willing to do stuff to our own detriment to help other people right. and the, and and the obviously obviously that has limits right you've got to you know there are points and there are times where hang on reservation there's self-preservation yeah you know of, yeah. hang on but most of us, employees won't stay an extra hour if they're not getting paid for it a lot of the time. Right? Mm. That's the, the employee mentality that has gone rife because of unions and people's rights and all that stuff. Unbelievable, yeah. mate. That's not Anzac spirit. No, That's, no, no, no. no Thomas no. doesn't want to go in there because we have employees, but <laughs> not even no, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. What, what I'm saying probably, if you're talking about employees, employees leaving at five when the business is in trouble that is the point that's what to their own yeah and it's not even to their own detriment you're still getting paid yeah but i have to get paid for every minute that i actually do something that's, that's not right. Right? nobody that's not, yeah that's nobody's not. doing anything without expecting something in return and that's the problem like back in the day you do anything for anybody and, and that was the that was the spirit that was demonstrated but now as you're saying cam Everybody's doing something, but expecting something. You would turn up and do your job because it was yeah, your it's job. Not just, it's not just employee, Ken. Okay? No, what it's about, not. What about, the, what about the leaders when COVID first started and just fired their staff or told their staff, listen, you're only going to work one day. I'm going to pay you or, or, or you can leave. Yeah. What about yeah, those employers, man? 100%, but they deserve, so they deserve those employees, okay? You get what you, you reap what you sow. 
No, maybe they don't deserve those employees. They deserve same style of employees. Uh, yeah, they deserve. No, that's what I mean. They deserve to get but those the, employees. Don't deserve them. You're going to be transactional. You deserve transactional back. Yeah. I don't consider myself transactional, but sometimes I'm getting. Uh, in vino veritas. This, with more wine this is the best Shiraz I've ever. This is the best Shiraz I've ever had, Luke. What did you say? Was that French? I didn't understand it. No, that's Latin. With, more, with wine, the truth emerged. Oh, okay. You know, when we're speaking about <laughs> no, um, how on. do we change it, and you look at this bloody election that's going on, what is that spirit do you see in our leaders? Yeah, none. What shit do you see in our leaders? They're freaking schoolyard bullies calling names to each other. Yeah. You know what? You want a nation to change? You want a nation to embrace? I, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I, I disagree with you, man. I think that Al, Albo and, and Scomo right now are having a beer and saying, have a look at those 21 million idiots, mate. They think that we're for real. 100%. Listen, mate, if, if, if I win, you still can come to my place for beer. If you win, mate, make sure I come for another beer. He's got to go, yeah, I won. He's, um, I got the wrong list. It's pay-per-view fight promotion 101. Before the fight, they're all up in each other's, and I'm going to yeah. do this to his mother, and I will never, ever talk to this guy again. And as soon as the last punch is thrown and the bell rings, we're hugs and kisses, mate. It's a, yeah. The whole thing's a fraud. But yeah. I think to Thomas's point, if you expect the Anzac spirit out of your staff, you better have it yourself. Yeah. But the disappointing bit is, TL, nothing hurts me more than... We always, we always look inward. So you, you're talking about, oh, I've got the spirit and I've got this or that. But when, when people don't, who are under you or around you don't have it, that there's nothing that hurts more. And you, know, you can blame the unions and all that stuff, but paying double time and a half for people to work on a Saturday when they work every Saturday of their life and, and being asked for it. And, and look, there's nothing, there's nothing worse and that and i you know one of my core values which we've come to work out is is respect because of other reasons but yeah. there are times where regardless of what the leader is doing that spirit isn't going to be there and that's that's yeah. shit out yeah. Yeah. That, there's always someone who won't run out of the trench with you right and that's it that comes down to a bit of integrity personal integrity too so what they do by themselves is you know really speaks volumes and if yeah. you're not doing that in front of you, mate, it's it's never going to be there. And I don't think you can teach that. No, but, but then the other the other point is you get the you get the staff. They're told their rights, right? You've got rights to this, and you've got rights to that, and you've got rights to this. So who are we to say no? You shouldn't ask for it, or or, or don't expect it, or whatever, because that's what they they're brought up in. But you know, my leaders went down. There was a time when I started, and both my leaders ended up in hospital because their health was terrible, and. I'm the only one that went into the office. Everyone else kept their days off. And I'm like, well, these guys are down. Someone's got to step up. And I was new in the business. I didn't have any fucking clue what I was doing, but someone had to do it. And, and no one else. Why you've got three offices and the other guys, they, they've gone back to cooking. They <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mate, listen. It's something hard. You know, when Thomas said before, you, it's worse. The business is in trouble and people don't do it like that. Yeah. Fuck, where's it gone? Where's it gone? And I don't know where I learned. All I learned from my parents was to fucking work hard. I don't know yeah. where I learned it. Yeah. Now, I grew up in team sport where you had to have your brothers back. So where do you learn it? Team sport, you you do the extras and you, you only get out of it what you put into it and all that bullshit. But 
Where's it going? Where's it going? Well, pe people are going to always look after themselves. You know, even during the COVID, I had I, I never put one of my any one of my staff out, and 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 some of them didn't even have the. If I put them out, they didn't have the status to even get any money from the Australian government. I did not put anyone out. But when COVID's finished, mate, they still moved on and do their own things. This this is the the the, the, the thing that we're talking about. You, is it loyalty? Is, is it is it uh, not understanding? No, it doesn't really matter. What you have to do is that you have to live by your own values. And 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 you know what it is in the end, like-minded or like-value people will find each other. That's right. Yeah. Like finds like. Yeah. And, and I mean that's I, what's and I, I still think I still think that the the RSL are doing a bloody good job twice a day to do this. But I think they're now stuffing it up by having it digital. Mm. That is to me one of the worst thing you can do. That is to have a digital candle. Mm. If, if those guys got real bullet, not plastic bullets, mm. we should keep on having a candle, mm. Mm. not a digital shit. Yeah. You know the stupid part is, mate. I might be wildly wrong, but that's probably some bureaucracy or some rule that says you can't have a live flame yeah. somewhere near something, something that is. Mm. Yeah. There is nothing. There is nothing worse than fake. Mm. Right? We can talk about prospecting all day long, mate. There was nothing better than yesterday prospecting the seven of us in the room with the noise, yeah. with the bantering, with the rejection that we sometimes got, or with the like the wrong. What, I mean, if you were in the room yesterday, Lou, and one person said the wrong line, you should have seen the things that were thrown yeah. at them. The lines that were repeated. What did Kane call Eaton Street Arcade? The F F Eaton Street, Eaton Street Arcade. Everyone Port walks in and passes out. It's the Eaton Street Arcade. Yeah, it's, I it, was, it was funny. And Guess well, what's it called? Was it right at the answer? <laughs> Listen, I I learned a lot from Kane yesterday. Every time you go to the toilet, you come back with another forty calls. Oh, oh, my. <laughs> he, he was good. He was good. <laughs> but that, that's the fun bit, you know. And and I don't know. I don't know. Um, how? Here's a here's a question. How many of our first World War Antic do we still have alive? No. Well, I know that the last surviving Anzac died in 2002, so 20 years ago. So, I mean, I know there's none of those guys left, so, but geez. I don't I'm... mean none, Lou. The answer is none. Yeah, Zero. well. There's no First World War. All right. How many of their family still left? Oh, they'd be descendants. All of them. No, 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 no. Just family of, of, of the family. Because you, you need to think about this. Many of them came back crippled. Many of them actually left. Uh, apparently, eighty percent of them, when they left, they were single, mm. right? but, they, but they were but they were engaged, or, or they were just you know. And when they came back, they were crippled. World War One, you can't have any immediate family left. You're too old. Yeah. Come on, man. The Japanese, they're all in the 120, 130 yeah, years old. We should have at least one. Fourteen to nineteen eighteen. If you were fifteen, then they. Even if you went over at 15 and were married at 15. You had 122. You're now 135. So, <laughs> uh, so how many of you have got a, a young a, a, a young child that was born after you, you came back and still alive? None? Yeah. 
Mm. Okay, so is that spirit going to be buried? Is that going to be gone? Is is Anzac spirit doomed? Well, that's what I've, I just said. You told I'm me. Not, no, no we asking. You said you want us to feed us to mean. You've just asked the same question. I think we're already doomed. I'm on the scale, on the scale that we had it, yes, it is. I think on the scale, we will never have it back as a nation as we I'm were because we are the not blood, the same. Blood, the descendants of the descendants of the descendants. It's still in the blood. No, it is. It is. It's still in the blood. It's still in the DNA. But we're ignoring our DNA. We are ignoring our DNA. And I don't it's know how long it takes DNA to change, but I think it's for, for the people who are really listening to us, you know, let's go to this. If when someone dies and you go and get a parcel to put the coffin, how long is that lease for? 99 years. Is it still 99 years today? I believe so. Do you believe so? Do you know? Uh, well, I say believe so because I think I know. Mm. You'll bet his house on it. Would you bet your house thing. on that? No. Okay. <laughs> because, because I know that in Europe, because they're running out of land, the 99 went down to 50, it's gone down to 25. Yes, wow. same in, yeah, but that's in Europe. There's too many bloody people there. Australia's and, 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 and what, they, what they're saying is after 25 years, you can re-release it by paying more, but they do realize that the first generation will pay attention and will go to your tomb and put flowers. The next generation doesn't give a shit. No, that's so sad. That's and so, so the, 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 next gen, the second generation down does not even pay attention to who you even were. I mean, I'm, there's always exception. Therefore, it's, they, they might as well just remove that to put somebody else. But the DNA is still there. I, I look. I spoke about my pops. I haven't been to either of my pops' grave ever. They died when I was very young. See, that's what I said. Second generation doesn't even. No, yeah. And I was, but uh, even my nan. Look, I'm ashamed. He's gonna go now. Now that we spoke about it, you'd see he's gonna go now. <laughs> no, probably not. It, 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 it's a sad thing. So we're here. We we're trying to be like righteous and talk about the Anzac spirit and why it should be kept. We can't even go. To the tomb is that of our grandparents, which are two generations up from us, to pay our respect because if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. So don't you pay them respect by living with the Anzac spirit, the same spirit that they had? Turning but, up to their tomb, I, I, turning I, I, up to their tomb after their spirit is yes, long left. There's bones in the ground. Their spirit is long left. But if there is a resting place, shouldn't you go? I I, I, you know what? It's like going to church. I know I've had this argument many a time, and I've come from a religious family. I don't need to go to church to speak to God. <laughs> I mean, I, and they go, "Well, he's at, he's in church." I go, "You tell me he's everywhere." So, if you want to respect your elders, I, just I like understand. I understand. I feel like if I went and visited if, if part of my DNA is a sense of humour and I went and visited my pop's grave, I'd, I'd feel like they'd just be sitting there going, what are you doing, you dickhead? There's nothing in there for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? but, but you live, the, the respect you pay is to live, not the way they lived, but with the spirit they live with, which is to fight for everything you have and to, to earn yeah. everything you have and not to be given everything you have. And I, I Thomas, I don't disagree with you, mate. And, well, you can't disagree because it's, 
stats are there after the second generation that, and on the living proof i haven't visited any of my past grandparents graves but that doesn't change the fact well, i'm not sitting here being self-righteous at all because i lived it i live with that spirit i'm sentimental because you know both my parents are alive touch wood and I, I went back a few years ago because dad was already talking before his heart surgery about his resting place and he wanted to pick it pick a place and pick a spot and it had to face vietnam all this kind of stuff and and he wanted to have a pillow under his his the day he's gone and i said listen mate don't worry about the pillow and don't worry about facing the thing because we're gonna put mom's tomb on top of yours so you don't have to worry about all this so you won't see anything but mom's back but by, by accident, in the same symmetry, I, I walked down to Veronique's grandfather's resting place. Being a, an ex-soldier and a hero, he had a special spot in that symmetry that was really, it's, it's a nice symmetry. And, and that, he, he was, and he didn't have a tombstone, I'm, I'm sorry, he didn't have uh, um, you know, and anything ornaments or anything, you know, just a plaque. And I stood there and I thought, hold on, I know you when you were alive. And here I now am standing now that you've gone. Mm. I tell you, the goosebumps I had, the photos I took, the, the amount of photos I even asked my sister to take with me standing next to his tombstone, because maybe i'm sentimental the the story he told me from the little amount of time i i, I actually have known him it really made me feel like hold on i need to make sure i keep on living the spirit he shared with me yeah and very, I think it's very very important i, I think you just said that live with the spirit and it's literally i, I think that not on, not only parents should really be taking uh the the kids to visit the to the tombstone of their parents, but the the, the parents should talk to take the, the kids to visit the grandchildren because you want the Anzac to keep on going. You have to start from the first place. The first place is your own home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so true. It's often we feel. Well, I do sometimes feel obliged to go and visit my parents. And sometimes I, I just want to go and just and visit them. So, but luckily my kids are at an age, they come with us quite frequently. I don't know if they will as they get older. My thing was, I never knew, my, my, I was four when one died and five. I don't remember my pops at all, at all. I was very, very young when they died. So it's, Never been a thing. Maybe it should have been a thing. I'm sure my mum would love if it was a thing. Thanks for bringing it up, Thomas. You prick. Um, <laughs> now it's going to have to be a thing. I need a couple of days off work. Thank you. I've got to go. Do, do you oh. remember that movie, Remember the Titans? No, oh, it's yeah. one of my favourites. Okay. Um, when when Denzel Washington, after draining them run. physically, he took them to the grave? Yeah. Mm. I thought, you know what? he knows what he's doing mm. and, and i think that you know i i also how heard... long did that last say you took you you said before sorry to interrupt you but 
it's another rah-rah moment, right? It's another Tony Robbins seminar where for three days we're, we're all fucking chuffed and the goosebumps and, and, and all that stuff. It's another rah-rah moment. But what we found yesterday, and look, what I've been trying to get going, especially in the Central Coast part of our network for a long time, is spend way more time together so we can develop that spirit that we are wearing the same jersey. I talk about wearing the same jersey all the time. Lou, I've had this conversation with you. Or yep. Port Macquarie to be part of the same jersey because the minute our people realise there's something bigger than their own office or their own individual thing, we will go to a whole other level and I just can't get it going. Yeah. People just don't, leaders especially, just don't want to buy into the idea, but it's proven time and time again, get a bunch of people together with a common goal, wearing yep. the same shirt and fucking magic happens, mate. Absolute yep. magic. Yes, we can go and stand at a tombstone. And that'll inspire us for a day, for a week. But know that you've got a band of people around you that are wearing the same jersey, that are going through the same shit. Yeah. We talk about real estate. The start of your career is a grind and a lot of it is shit. And what it ends up in is absolute gold. But if instead of the two people in your office or the five people in your office or the 40 people in your office, depending on who you're with, Yep. If there's 200 people wearing the same shirt and going through the same shit, all of a sudden the Anzac spirit gets rekindled because it's in our DNA. And yep. all of a sudden there's always someone who can come to you for help. And all of a sudden there's always someone willing to help. Yeah. Right? There's always someone willing to help. And all of a sudden you're not scared to ask for help because there's people out there facing the same bullets. But I, I've been talking about it for four years. I can't get it to happen because at the end of the day everyone's in it for himself you can bury your head seal but that's the point that's everyone's in it for himself. and we go and to we go to seminars and everyone has three days of yes we're together and yes this is what we're doing and yes fucking great yes we've got our plan for the year and what happens two I'm weeks not, I'm, later? Not saying, I'm not saying that but can yesterday when the seven of us walked into chris office Mate, every other shop we're looking at is going, like, hold on, is that a cult? All of a sudden, it's so overcrowded. In yeah, that no, that's it. <laughs> no, but that's the point. Let's be not a cult, but let's be an army. Let's be a team. Let's be an army. Let's have that because armies fight, armies compete, armies, yeah, in the it's like, it's, it's, real it's, estate world, we go to war, we're fighting every single day against some other dickhead who's trying to take food off like the table. Um, yeah, but it's like what you're saying, though, it's like you, you're the biggest football fan on here and you've got your individual teams that play all year. But then when the state, uh, what is it, the state of origin rolls around every year, several people from each team get together. Now, they probably punch each other's lights out for every game during the whole year. But when the state of origin comes around, they're wearing that same jersey. So they're all for a common you get at a seminar when all the leaders are together, all of a sudden that spirit's here. You go to an awards night where everyone's together, all of a sudden that spirit's there. And we come out of the last awards night and we go, how do we bottle that? Well, we bottle that by doing it more often and getting together more often. Yeah. We do that by helping our teams understand that they're bigger than the, the biggest, the, the best biggest thing that came out of me from yesterday and doing that was that my boys across three offices got to realize that the world that is bigger than themselves. Yeah. They got to realize like, when we started Kalani Vale, they were working out of carry-on. So there was a team and there was camaraderie. And since Kalani Vale's opened its physical office, that is 
gone because now they're separate. We've got to bring the team back together. And that spirit was there in that room. Yeah. And we can do that as a network and we can do that as a community. Unfortunately, all the community Facebook pages are the biggest cesspool you've ever fucking seen. Instead of being a place to lift each other up, they're a place to tear each other apart. Oh, he's on the ball. I'm going, mate. I'm passionate about it because I'm there. Yes, I'm always the last one standing with Megan Green. And yes, I'm always the drunkest. But those nights where we're wearing the same jersey and we're all working towards a common goal are the greatest fucking nights you have yeah. as human beings. And we can do that as a network. We can do that as a company. And then maybe we can actually create a difference. We're talking about how we change. We, got, we, we sell more houses than anyone else on the Central Coast. We've probably got a bigger team than anyone else on the Central Coast, but we don't make a real change because at the end of the day, we're in it for ourselves. Mm. How about we look at the fucking name on our badge there that says Wisebury, not Cameron or fucking Chris or Louise or whatever yeah. and not the commission. And how about we would steamroll, absolutely steamroll. No one could stop us. And the difference between us and the rest is we will be doing it for good as well as our own. Don't, we can't sit in front of a vendor and go, I'm not here to make money. I'm just here to help you. Bullshit. We're here to set ourselves up, right? But imagine how much we could help ourselves while doing so much good in the fucking community. And that would be the end spirit. But we don't even have it amongst ourselves. So how can we expect other people to have it? And, yeah. that's and, and you know what, Ken? The longer we keep on going the same road, the more we're going to be attractive to a lot of top performers. Good real estate agents are going to start realizing, hold on, these people are good people. That's why you have to keep on going. That's what I like about what Gandhi does. He was one man who started things, but he kept persevering. And I think that we have to keep on doing it. I think in our network, it's really becoming uh, very clear. You are a big giver, man. Um, I, I didn't think that out of a clown there could be a giver, but out of a clown now I do. I am a believer that there is a giver. So, you, so but you can't change the world, Gab. You, you can only yeah. change you. Imagine if instead yeah. of six people door knocking Chris's suburb yesterday, there's 150. Right? How many people are going to want to join that network and how many people are going to be want a part of that army? Right? And yes, I'm on the Central Coast. We had to catch two planes and a boat to get to Southern. <laughs> But on the Central Coast, we've got some of the highest performing agents in the state, probably some of the highest performing agents in Australia. Imagine if we were on, all on the same page. Imagine if you're walking down the main street in Kalani Vale or Gorikun or you minor and there's $15 million plus performers walking down the street, knocking on people's doors and doing it for each other instead of for themselves. Who's not going to want to be a part of that? And because then it grows, the spirit grows. Yeah, and it's not all about being wisery. That breeds into your home. That breeds into your kids. That breeds into everything we're trying to do. Right? I get drunk and I'm a dickhead, and like Thomas says, I'm a clown. <laughs> and most people take that, but we all wear the same shirt. So let's fucking live it. You're very lucky. We all conditioned to loving clowns. So you're very lucky, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for getting so passionate. It means no, oh, mate. It's great. Beautiful. That's that why I said. That's why I said. That's why I said at the beginning. Ken, from from my studies of Anzac, out of the four of us, but your Anzac spirit, 
Yeah. Your bantering is of the Richter. Your swearing is of the Richter. Because I, I, I've watched and I studied some of these commanders, mate. They swore more than they gave orders. So you're, you're one of them. I, I see your, your freaking sometimes sarcasm that people actually don't understand. It's like uh, of the Richter. But I also see a huge heart, man. You, the way you give to people, the way you, you make the call to go down to Chris, you make the call to go down to Joel's office. The, the, the way you do all that stuff for other offices is just out of out of this world. I think, man, you you are an example. It's it's sad for me to say on this podcast. I, I will will not say it again. I, I just want people to know. <laughs> right, but man, it, it really means a lot to me. This is why we 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 brothers, and and I think for Chris yesterday to 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 witness that man, I'm I'm telling you, you can't buy it. You can't Absolutely. buy what you saw yesterday in the room. Yeah. It it might have been a, a trench yesterday, Chris. It was yep. crazy, wasn't it? It was crazy. That's amazing. And, and when it became a bit quiet, did you notice how fast everyone started dying so that they, there was something happening? Make some it noise. Felt like, it felt almost like, hold on, no one's getting out of the trench. I'm going. I'm going first. I, I'll take the bullet. It's it's almost that. And yeah, I think we got more rejection for our teammates yesterday than from the people because they were so nice. <laughs> but when you get to know everyone's going, ah, you're this, you're this. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. But I, I thought that yesterday, being around the, the, the boys and making the calls myself and getting rejected and getting the no's and, and getting the wrong list, I mean, it, I, it, it, was, it, it was sensational. The wrong list, back to the wrong list. <laughs> Why is that one? <laughs> All right, guys, so we're coming up to a time that we need to close. So Anzac Day, what is it? And what does it mean? Let's start with... Uh, we, we're going to keep Lou always last. So let's start with Chris first. Oh, thanks for dropping that on me. Uh, like I said at the start, it's, it's, it's doing things for others um, without an agenda. It's probably the easiest way I can say it. It's doing things for others without an agenda. Yeah. Mm. For me, it's about espousing to the highest values by forgetting yourself. What about, you? what about you, Anzac? Oh, just much like Mother's Day, it should be every day. Yeah. Oh, shit. He's got, that's a good one, isn't it? Hey, you can't steal my land. Can you just say another one, man? No, but that's, it. that's how I feel. Anyway, I'm getting emotional, but it's... it's um... You look good when you're emotional. That's when your glasses start to have a little bit of that kind of smoky feel. <laughs> <laughs> It should be every day, and until it's every day for people, we're, we're going nowhere as a society, and that, that makes me sad. Mm. Yeah. All right, Lou, you're the closing one. Okay. Well, I think, look, Anzac Day... I'm not following that. Anzac Day, whilst it commemorates all the Australians and the New Zealanders that uh, landed in Gallipoli in 1915, I think it should be a day of reflection of everybody who has fought for our country or their country, regardless of what country they live in. I think it should be a day of remembrance and reflection of people that are still fighting today, like we've got the war in Ukraine and 
people dying, you know, like it's just crazy. But I think Anzac Day, yes, it's a spirit and anybody that goes to war must have that spirit. And I think like Cam said, if we can create that and make sure that remains within our families, first and foremost, within our teams, within our communities, then we'll keep that Australian slash Anzac spirit going. But, you know, we've got to stop. Like Thomas said, we've got to drag our kids out of bed at five o'clock on Monday. And we've got to say, hey, this is, this is why you are here because people took it upon themselves to put their lives on the line for people they didn't even know would exist. And that's you. So if anything, we owe it that day to remember and reflect on those that are still fighting and have fought and have lost their lives in, so we can all be here today. That's nice. Very good. Well, just for today, I'm gonna lie and I'm gonna give uh, Cam the last word. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. I think- Robert, I love you, brother. You've done an amazing job. I drink to that, man. I drink to that. I guess if we're going to start moving forward, it starts with us as parents, and we're all parents. You introduce your kids to Anzac Day, introduce them to a dawn service, but not, not the the fluff about it. What it actually means, and, and the, the the deeper meaning to what it is to have Anzac spirit. Start introducing it to yourselves. Starting start expecting it of yourself. So then you earn the right to expect it of other people, because until you expect it of yourself or demand it of yourself. You got no right to demand it of other people, and that's true at home and true through business. Um, I'd love to be more positive about it, but I think it is a, a positive thing. But so many fucking people died for us to have what we have, um, and I don't reckon one fifth of us would do the same today. So that's about it. I can't. Yeah. Right. Thanks, guys. Well said. In spirit, I will see you at five Monday. Monday. Okay. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.